everybody. Welcome to today and welcome to Death Valley Girls Podcast. I'm Bonnie and I talk to heroes about what excites them and we also talk about the mysteries of the universe. If you like this podcast and want to help support us, please go to Death Valley Girls Patreon page and become an initiate. Now, for today's hero, we have Peter Matthew Bauer. Peter is a musician, record label owner, and band manager. His label is called Fortune Tellers, and one of the bands he manages, Starcrawler, is our most favorite band in the world. Here we talk about being a musician in an industry that changes daily, and we talk about his experiences growing up in a cult, and how that relates to his system of belief in the supernatural. Please welcome, to your head and heart, Peter Matthew Bauer. Hi, how are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. Yeah. Did, were, did you not? This isn't important, but did you just go on vacation? What did I do? I was in Philadelphia last week. I'm finishing a record there. So I've been sort of email finishing it for like the last month or two, you know, and then I thought it'd be good because I had to go to a memorial service in DC. I'm sorry. And, um, that's okay. And then, so then I was like, well, I'm going to be on the East Coast, then I'll just go hang out in Philadelphia for a week. So my friend, Matt Barrick is there. He has a studio called Silent Partner, which is really awesome. Um, it's like in this kind of dingy little building in Philadelphia and we just sort of recorded and, you know, polished everything up as best we could. Cool. So yeah. you're putting out a, a, it's your record? Like a me, my, my record, yeah. And so, is, it, is it gonna be on your label? I think so. I mean, I might try to send it to some, you know, real record label. They <laughs> think, <laughs> but, um, but no, I'd, I'd be very happy to put it on my own label. But I mean, yeah, I, I haven't really thought it through that far in advance. Like, I put two singles out last year. Yeah, they were yeah. cool. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Will be on. I mean, I'm, I can't write songs that fast, so. The, 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 <laughs> kill them. Um, but yeah, like. I'd probably be probably be on my record label. I haven't like totally thought it through yet, but like yeah, I just can't imagine like being part of every step of a record. Like I wouldn't ever put one out if it were that way. Um, yeah, it's better <laughs> to be one way or the other. I guess that's sort of like I don't mind doing it. I'm used to it, but like I think that I really like the thing I like about it doing the other side, like whether it's a label or management or something like that, is that you get to help people and you, you're you not like thinking about it yourself, like yeah, your own like uh, fears and like ego and just like, you know, you get to like the kind of creepy crawlies when you have to write somebody about yourself, <laughs> you know, like, like, but you know, this is like, it's better to have a middleman for all the other stuff, just so like, you don't feel like alone in outer space doing Yeah, well, little, you know, like, I, like, Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, did you like, oh, I decided in my life that I don't say success anymore. I say successes because uh -huh. uh, I think it's weird when someone's like, congrats on all the success or congrats <laughs> on your success. And it's like, wait, what? So yeah. on one of your previous successes, uh, your your band before, um, I mean, or in all of your successes, did you have management? Yeah, well, so I was in this band, The Walkmen, for like a long, long time, and we had a lot of managers. Okay. We, like, went through a ton, and then yeah. we, our manager stuck around. But like, we had <laughs> one who we sort of had a horrible breakup with, and then, Aww. 
um this other one this guy who's a very nice guy but he he wrote us and we were like at this show at like a college and what's it michigan state i think and i always remember being in this like room like we were at like a kind of pizza party show you know? <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like yeah i got your re like the recordings you guys just made i think you should make this a hobby like this wow <laughs> like like started with like this might be a surprise to you that was the beginning of the email but like i'm quitting <laughs> so Whoa. We, we went through a lot of record labels we closed several record labels down i think <laughs> those two at least um wow that's impressive yeah yeah and i think every record came out on a different record except for the last one which was like two in a row but well, it's so weird because, I mean, within the last two years, music has changed, but I don't think people really realize like how much music changes every year and how far away it is from like where it was when the Walkmen were big. Like it's it's a completely different job, like every single. Yeah. You... This week, too, which is pretty fucking exciting. Yeah, what <laughs> happened this week? Well, like Neil Young. And oh, like, yeah. I kind of feel like, like, I just sit there and I've been like watching the internet, like, <laughs> just like, come on, just somebody, somebody big, like, back. I know. Back right now. I but, know. And it's, it's really horrible because I do feel like, like, I'm in a weird position because I have like a lot of people that I help out. And it'd be really, it's not right of me to be like, I'm going to, take your stuff off or something, you know, like, like, I don't know, you know, I just, I, I, I'm also kind of a wimp and like, you know, what, <laughs> but like, there's so much possible power if everyone got together right now. Yeah, totally. Well, that's right this minute, we're not going to. It's yeah. Horrible and it's really sad, but like, it's actually possible right now. And like, if everyone was like, yeah, you know, like if like, just like, Taylor Swift or Drake or somebody like was just like, yeah, me too. Gonna yeah. Here. <laughs> like, you know, it would be like, like the floodgates would open not to put all the pressure on them because like they don't deserve it anymore. Like they don't need to do that more anymore than like you or I do, but. Well, they have like possible income from other places, which I think people don't really understand about. Yeah, no, of course, of course not. I mean, like, there's like this whole scarcity and like, we're all like beggars and everything. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you don't want to like, I like at me working for other people, I don't want to like, be like, yeah, like, I think this is the right move. And then I like, get backfire and like, yeah, we're going to playlist. Or well, I wonder, I don't know much about it, but I wonder what the history of like Hollywood and their um, unions or what guild or whatever it's called. Like, I wonder how that started because they seem to be like, they figured it out. Like, you know, they do, mean, up and down. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like, there's, there's an enormous amount of help that, that comes from the SAG, you know, like my wife's in SAG and it's like, there's a lot of great things like she wasn't having somebody back you up yeah like, situations it's such a different story than you know at the same time like every time we've had a kid she's gotten kicked off her health insurance which is very cool really yeah like because it's just like if you're an actress you're not going to get like a lot of jobs when you're oh like, whoa so like then, the you know, dark side i did not know about that you know what i mean it's like like that doesn't seem very cool <laughs> But I feel like, yeah, I've said it, or I don't know if I said it before, but like the idea of like an actor on a Netflix show or something, it's like, 
okay, um, you're not going to get paid now and yeah. you're not going to get paid when the show comes out. But if like a hundred thousand people watch it, like we're everyone on the show is going to split a hundred dollars. Like, <laughs> it, you yeah. know, it's just like, that's not like they figured some stuff out, you know, it's like, it least- no, it's hugely different. I mean, yeah. it's, it's night and day different, even with all the stuff with like, you know, the streaming services for, for film and TV definitely are knocking and, you know, really messing up some of their old, their old deals and stuff, but like still they're starting from such a better place than, yeah. but it's our fault on some level, like, because musicians, we have never acted collectively at all. And like, you know, there's, there is like a nascent musicians union going now that I think is really interesting, but I, I like, like, I don't have any, I'm not like blaming any, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't <laughs> like you know, someone like, you know, like a huge superstar for not doing it. They'd be like, I'm making so much money off this stuff. Like, you know, it's like, it's fine. But like, we do, we, if we all acted collectively on some level, it would be really possible to change this, right? Yeah. It really would. And the middle class of music is falling apart so horribly. And like, you know, like, it's one thing to be like you and you write songs and you can like figure out a hustle and you can make like a podcast or like me, I can figure out my little weird hustles. But if <laughs> the bass player, like, like I just really wanted to play drums. Like that's all I wanted to do. I'm really good at drums, you know? And like, I was a studio drummer and I played, like it's just a fucking hellhole. Like our engineers and producers, like, and it's just like, nobody's looking out for that. And it's, uh, you know, it's it's not to say that the hustles that we're doing, it's like, oh, that's cool. I like that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's, it's a lot, but I did feel like, like, Right now it is shifting, you know, and it's it's cool. Like I don't think the same thing that's been happening the last four years is gonna happen like next year or the year after. So why? Well, just because I think that the, like, you know, Spotify is losing market share. And I think that there is other alternatives and you know, it, it, people someone will come up with a better idea. I mean, they just gotta. It's like yeah, the music is not that fun. Listen to Spotify, it's not that fun. It's kind of sucks, you know, like, yeah. like it's not very creative feeling. It's not very fun. It's just sort of depressing, you know. So so someone's gonna come up with a better idea. Yeah. Okay. Well that's exciting. I've just been like, uh guess I'll just be happy with what I have, <laughs> you know, but I mean I'm not. It makes me really bummed out and like um yeah, it's so and the more you know, the more people in your band, the worse it is. <laughs> it's just well, like, no, I mean, you can't have like five people in a band anymore. You know, you can't have like, a, <laughs> you know, but like, it's tough. It's like, and then, you know, that's just a fun feeling too, to have all gang, you know, it's like, I miss that. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, I feel hopeful. Like it's been really, I, I think it's really cool what Neil Young did. And I think also like, I mean, the reasoning behind it, it is like the whole, like the sort of Joe Rogan element sort of thing just drives me crazy. So it's like um, <laughs> interesting and, and, and fun and exciting. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's, it's cool. I mean, I probably won't, but it, I would, <laughs> sure, sure enough, it would be amazing if it did. Yeah. yeah, I love, I love Neil Young, obviously. I think it's cool. And it's like, it doesn't, yeah, it is important for the guys on top to kind of do something because 
I don't know that. Yeah, it would be much of like Death Valley Girls leave Spotify. Like, whoa, <laughs> like, you know. like, you know, then you're like, oh, shit. Now we're not on Spotify, but everybody else is. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird. It does like take leadership probably from but bigger, bigger artists. But I do think like we all do. Like we all got at least sort of, you know, have a little bit of backbone more than we do, you know? Okay. <laughs> yeah i want to have more backbone i also want to be like like more united because i feel like you know in the beginning of a band you do a lot of dumb shit and you play a lot of dumb shows you shouldn't and make tons and tons of mistakes and then you know and it's like that shouldn't last like two years like it does for everyone like there should be like a I don't know, just a minimum amount of money you can pay and all, all the stuff there should be in the real world. There should also be in the music world, I right. think. No, absolutely. I mean, I guess the, the horrible thing is it's just not in the real world either. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just nowhere. You know, there's just no protection. But it's it, it is it's a bummer. It's just the devaluation of like art in general and, and music especially is like what made me, well, what made me do the job I do now is like, eating and like you know being able to pay rent and stuff but like but the reason i think i it interests me is because i i do think you can try to keep people from being devalued you know yeah lists and 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 things like that which is interesting and try to like advocate for them but man it's like it's just it's crazy it's like as a manager and label owner i think you can try you know yeah well (laughs) like yeah like like, believe in things that other people don't believe in you know and then be like okay well this is worthwhile and you know this deserves some space and you know like yeah do you think that's difficult like because I love I love your bands you manage and um and it just seems like like you you can see the big picture for them is it is it possible to see the big picture for yourself no No, I mean, like for me personally, like as an artist, like yeah. no, I really, <laughs> I'm much better. It's much easier for other people than you know, and like because also like you know what like you can see what another person wants, you know, and you can't right. really do what you want at all. Like yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, but like no, it does. I have no idea what I want other than like I just want to finish this song. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, that's enough. It's overwhelming in itself. I mean, for myself, like, I've got a really weird, like, I've been helping a lot of, like, old friends try to, like, put music out, like, kind of professionally. Yeah. <laughs> because so many of them have, like, been, like, dude, I'm never, like, I'm never playing a show again. And I hate this. Yeah. Humiliating. And I'm, like, well, it's, but you're really, you know, good at what you do. And it's great, you know. And you people should hear it. Or, like, you should at least give them a chance to hear it, right? Like, you know, I have yeah. a friend who, like, wouldn't even put his records on the internet you know he'd be like i'm gonna make you know vinyl records of this and i just want to keep anything like to do with money separate from or like success separate from music i just can't handle it you know right like a lot of people that i know that are my age are sort of like that like like I went like the last time i put a record out was like in 2017 and i was already sort of like okay i don't know why am I doing this? Like what's, and I played like a show in Los Angeles and there was, you know, whatever, like 150 people there, but I like knew them all, 
you know, <laughs> that's cool, it, there's, my <laughs> there's my friend, <laughs> you know, and I was like, all right, I just can't do this again, you know, and like I went, but then I had a show booked in New York the next day, and I went and I called my friend Walt, who was in the Walkman too, and I was like, hey, do you want to play this show with me? And he was like, no, man, I'm never playing a show again, and I was like, all right, cool. So then I called my friend Quentin and I was like, hey, do you want to play this show with me? And he was like, no, I'm never playing this show again. And I was like, well, why is this happening? And they were like, <laughs> well, you know, like I, Richard Swift, he was a record producer. Um, he's an old buddy of ours. Um, he passed away like a couple of years ago, but he had been like, you know, if you never play a show again to both of them, you'll feel so much happier because you just Whoa. never like, deal with the, like, you know, whatever that is, that's just existential, like, Mm-hmm. yeah like you know and they, i was like you know he's right i'm never playing a show again <laughs> so i played the show in new york and i never played another show wow i can <laughs> understand that just based on our first show after two years of like yeah whatever i was like i didn't even know what my body was or like why people were looking at it or like what was the point or if it was authentic or not like I couldn't act or pretend at all. It was just like, uh, this is exactly me. I don't know what I'm doing here, but. It's hard to build that wall up again, like a like <laughs> yeah. punishment wall, you know, and you're like, <laughs> not to say it's like not the greatest thing in the world when it's fun, you know? Then, yeah. like, then you're like, miss it. Like, I'd terribly miss it. Like, I would go on tour the rest of my life, like every day, if I could like, you know, if, I don't know, people would come and it wasn't like, just, just like, just, beat down most of the time you know and so yeah i'm not i'm definitely gonna play shows because i just think it's fun and i'm I'm, i miss it but i just thought it's interesting because i think you know there's i don't know it's just like that shouldn't be the way it is for like a lot of really talented people who like make some of my favorite songs yeah i feel like i know so many people like that like like just even people i meet who are sort of like that like and they just started drifting through like, man, I really, you know, spent my whole life learning how to do this. And I'm really good. At it. I have a lot to say in some way or something, but they don't know. They just can't handle it. Anymore. Yeah. Well, maybe it's the same thing as we were talking about before is like, like art and music and stuff being devalued. But now that people haven't had it, it's like, you know, it's new. Like people are yeah. so excited at shows and it's like, no, shows have been really cool. The ones I've gone to, I've only been to a few, but I mean. Yeah. But it is, it's nice to see that again. It's weird to think, because it feels like very much of a different era now or something like that. Oh, yeah. It would be like, right as rain again. Um, but there's got to be a way. To, just, it just have to be actually fun, you know? And yeah. Like, selling weird shit, you know? like. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, totally. Well, maybe, you know, everyone learned a lot these past few years maybe your friends will come around and be like you know what i don't care what people think i need to shred live um but yeah my my only thing that i'm doing is i'm taking a guitar solo and every time every time i try to write a song before i write the song i take the guitar solo cool and i've never i haven't taken a guitar solo in like 42 years you know wow (laughs) for real yeah, so now I'm just shredding on all, all my songs. Yeah. Good for you. That's that's we have a solo in every single song, which I think is kind of funny because I remember it was like a choice before. Like, yeah. is this song gonna have a solo? But yeah. it's like, where's the solo? Is it gonna solo over the chorus? 
it's yeah. gonna soul over the like that's it's so funny i'd never thank you for reminding me of the concept of a solo being an option <laughs> it's great because it's the most fun part yeah not, not for the listener but like for, for <laughs> doing it it's great <laughs> yeah no totally yeah it's, it's free yeah. Yeah. um yeah. yeah well one thing i we talked about last time that i wanted to talk about with you uh a little bit more um i guess like what i've learned basically is um with, from my like upbringing uh is that reality was a very limited thing that and i was so limited that i didn't even know i was allowed to imagine you know whatever it was other other ideas and i guess uh you said you grew up in an ashram and stuff like that um and do you mind talking about that i do i can't remember what i said but uh, no just just um yeah i grew up in an ashram i grew up in like pretty much one ashram like when i was little when i was a little kid i lived in india at the like like my parents followed this guru and we kind of lived and the guru was there and it was this ashram like south of uh, Mumbai, Bombay, um, maybe like two hours. And then when I was like, that was when I was three and four. And then we came back and then every summer in like upstate New York, they had like the same organization had like a big ashram there. So we'd kind of go there and live there all summer. Um, and then my parents had like a, like a center in their house. And then when I was like 13 or so, like I got kicked out of the ashram at some point, like around that age. <laughs> Um, sorry i laughed just you know like because like that's like, funny yeah it was, it was funny you know <laughs> um but then they kept on for a little bit longer than they dropped out of it um and then they started going into all sorts of other things like they're like you know tibetan buddhism and like sort of different qigong healers and faith healing they've kind of gone they've run the gamut of, of yeah did they world. did they grow up in like well, they were Catholics growing up. Like my dad, okay. my dad was studying to be a Catholic priest, and wow. like he was gonna go um, to like Rome to be like a. Like oh my god! A, you know, but then he dropped out and like started following a guru. Wow. Um, yeah, and so he's like, you know, that's what they've done, devoted their whole life to. That's their like be all end all. They teach meditation. And- like, would they call that like? Is it a spiritual quest or? I get, I mean, I, I don't know what else you would call it, right? Okay. <laughs> like, like, like that's definitely their, their main interest and like what they do and like what they do with other people and how they help people. And, but yeah. it's nothing for me. I mean, I, <laughs> it's just, um, but that's what, yeah. So I, I did sort of, that's my background was just in all that for me. Yeah. Like, I actually met this guy the other week. We were having dinner and like, we realized we both, both grew up in the same ashram. wow like there's every once in a while every five years you find somebody like that like who's like doing like there's this guy who's like a booking he books nightclubs and he like i put the first record i did after the walkman i did a solo record that was kind of about like all my records are about weird spiritual mumbo jumbo and kind of cool cults and you know that kind of thing right but so the first one was very much about that it's pretty direct and so he wrote me and he was like, oh man, I grew up, I think we grew up in the same place, you know, and he had a much more of like, like, I, I feel 
damaged by it, but not in a bad, bad, like, you know, you're damaged by what everyone's damaged by whatever, you know, but yeah. I don't feel like, like anything happened to me. Like I never got like taken in the back room kind of thing, but like this guy, it definitely felt more like he'd been hit pretty hard by it, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause he'd been there like really living there full time too. And then like this guy I met with the other week, like he was sort of in the same boat as me. Like he was like, I remember the coolest thing I just remember like, cause we both worked at like the restaurant at, you know, in the ashram at points. And I remember, yeah. I remember Vernon Reed came, you know, from living color, you know, that band. Oh yeah. Yeah. Felicia Rashad was a big devotee and she brought Vernon Reed. And I remember serving Felicia Rashad and Vernon Reed, like ice cream. at like the Wow. Ice cream. That's so cool. Right. That was like, to me, it was like right when time's up came out, which was like their second record. I was like, holy shit, Vernon Reed's here. You know, like this is, this is I like 12 years old, you know? Yeah. Like, had like an Ibanez guitar and thought <laughs> the coolest dude in the whole world. Um, you know, so he had more like stories like that where it was like, oh, and remember this like dumb thing that happened, you know, but yeah, but I definitely still feel sometimes I'm like, do I have repressed memories? You know, like, do I not remember what happened? Like, yeah, <laughs> like, because I have this real edge to me. Like, like if we go see like, like my parents go see this guru Amachi now and they'll have us come like once a year, she'll come to LA and we'll go see her. She's like the hugging guru. And she's, she's oh, okay. cool. I had no quarrels with her, you know, like she's, she's, it's cool. But like you put me in the line for Darshan, which is like when you go meet the guru and like the people who work there, like they put their hand on your shoulder or something like that. And I'm like, get the fuck away from me. You know, like stay, you know, like I can't handle that sort of thing. I freak out. Like, yeah, you know, and like, I have like a very anti-authoritarian problem because yeah somehow I don't know what it is you know what I mean and I don't yeah but so I don't know what happened I know what happened to a lot of people and I know there was like a lot of horrible scandals and you know all the stuff you always get in an ashram or in any sort of cult you know there's like sexual abuse and violence and sort of intrigue you know <laughs> yeah wait can you do you mind like describing i think like it's really hard to imagine what the day-to-day yeah like is it organized or super unorganized is Pretty it organized so like okay. you have, they have this thing called seva which is like work for god right so cool. you have to do work like yeah really cool. <laughs> so like like bad like bad version of seva is like they'll like put you and you'll be like digging ditches and you know garden or some shit and then the other one is like you get to work at like at the omelet like the restaurant or something like that and you get to like cool. make bagels and stuff you know <laughs> but basically all day like the cool thing of being a kid in that environment like a like a preteen or a teen or whatever is like like well first of all like the upstate new york one you know like dirty dancing the movie so it was like uh-huh. next like the resort where they shot that right oh, so okay i think you said this last time yeah, yeah you know, and so so we would stay at these like kind of little cabins like the families are allowed to stay in cabins um which were like old like hasidic kind of like vacation spots and so there was like a hasidic kids camp like next to our camp whoa ashram kids and the hasidic kids we'd all like yell at each other and like throw rocks at <laughs> oh my god you know and then like <laughs> but, like the your parents would go off at like you know, it's all very early because it's all like this religious spiritual quest. Like they go off at like five in the morning to go to this chance and then there'd be like an evening program. They'd be like gone all day, like whatever. 
So like you'd wake up and you kind of have the run of the place to go, you know, smoke Marlboros and like cool hang out and do whatever. You know, there's like skateboard, but you were kind of like a free for all, like right. You know, just kids on the loose with their parents off meditating and chanting, and so you could kind of you know just have have the run of it in the woods. But then you you would have like be stable. You'd have to go do your job, and they would have all these organized programs where you get like I got in trouble because I think I was talking to a girl and the like the whatever the boss guy like <laughs> his name was like Govinda or something like they all have like fake names right like everyone has a fake Indian name like yeah it's all like some you know blonde woman named like you know Shree and you're like why is your name Shree like <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, like, like my name was Shambu till I was four you know Aww, and like that's cute you know, <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> but then I was like you know but like it's just you know there's all these like white ladies and saris and stuff you know and it's just it's weird um but you kind of like there's you know it's sort of organized there's all you know you go to programs and stuff like that but you kind of get out of it like i had this like metalhead friend i remember because we were sort of like the outsider kids there yeah there's the kids who live there year round and they try to get in with like the swamis and the guru and like the gurus the guru the lady gurus the second guru she she was the secret child of muktananda um like it like literally or that's a cult thing no yeah she was a secret child like she, the original guru had a secret child and then made her the second guru oh okay um, yeah uh and so like then she was became this like big internationally renowned guru and she had this boyfriend named george who was like a total like sicko like he like uh was like a arms dealer whoa he's like you know like kind of real kind of <laughs> like character like he went to the oscars with angelina jolie one time and everyone was like oh, george man like what's going but like anyway there was this, like bad stuff going down behind the closed doors like all the teenage girls like the highest kind of honor you could have like the the like homecoming queen equivalent would be like being a darshan girl so like the pretty girls all got to go up in the front with the saris and hand out the stuff to the people who came so right. and like there was just like a very like seedy bad news like there was these doors i remember and you could like as sort of an outsider like me and my metalhead friend were like i don't know what's going on behind there but it's bad news you know and it turned out it was very bad news um, yeah. like it was just a lot of like you know there's just always that stuff there's always some sort of horrible fucking yeah do you think like it doesn't probably start out that way though or does it no but i think it's inherent in the in the the basic energy of it, the basic sort of crazy, chaotic, exciting thing isn't good or bad. It's just crazy. It's like chaotic. Right. You know? Like, yeah, chaotic. That's, you know, that's it's like wild. Weird, wiry, like, kind of just like edge of things, right? And yeah. so part of that is abuse and like revenge and violence and all that sort of thing those aren't good things no but they're not like it doesn't have to be there yeah but it doesn't <laughs> not be there and it's like you know and especially if then you try to try to go make people celibate and stuff then it, of course it's gonna be there <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i don't know so it's like did you know that this was like um i don't know how people say like an alternate uh, what is it like a a different path than uh others were taking yeah no because like you know you, then you go 
like back during the school year and everything, you'd go to school and like I grew up in Washington, D.C. And like, you know, like for instance, when I came back from India, I was little and I went to like pre-K or whatever. I was like, yeah, I need to go to Peter now because like everybody else here is just going, you know, or, or normal folk and they don't. <laughs> Nowadays, I think that would be different because like everybody's a yoga teacher and stuff, you know? Right. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Back then, like even like, you know, health food was weird. You know, like, like totally. Like, you know, this is like 1985, you know, or so. No, totally. Yeah. Like you were like fancy pants if you like even knew organic food or whatever. Right. Yeah. Or, like, <laughs> you know, like you just, it would be weird. So I, like I kept it to myself that I was like, you know, like, you know, I don't understand like a lot of Christian things because I mean, I do now, uh, well, relatively, you know, well read or something, but like, <laughs> not, not, that's not true. You're a smart guy. Basically, right. <laughs> to understand, but like, you know, like, just like, like I didn't understand church or anything, you know, like, like there's just, it was very foreign experiences to me. So like, I just didn't know it, you know, it's just a different world and you just kind of kept it to yourself at that point. And nowadays probably it wouldn't matter as much, but yeah, but weird that, you know, yeah. No, totally. I mean, I, my family's Jewish and I felt like weird <laughs> so I can't it's like that yeah like that was at back I imagine there's still all those you know lines but like yeah it's like you know it was just like trying to explain something that no one had any idea about yeah well I don't know why but when you're a kid like yeah I, you really want to fit in even if you want to be a total outsider freak like you don't you want to make that choice you don't want other people to make it oh hi Tommy sorry what do you want, Tommy? Sorry. That's okay. Doggy. I've got that going. <laughs> um, yeah, it's such, and that's so weird. I, I always like to think about that as like the rebel kind of like, like I, I was thinking about that before our call is I like always wanted to be totally different and weird and scary even and like you know like (laughs) which is funny to think about like 12 year old me like wanting to scare people on the street but like like where do you think that you know like where does that come from is that just who we are is just or is it yeah from our background or our parents or what do you think that is well I think that, that like there's a similarity anyway for me and like that sort of same thing that kind of weird chaotic energy that like that's sort of like at the edge of it is like to me i'm drawn to musicians and music like that that like feels very like novel and unique but in a way that's like very much like letting your like self like kind of out in a very odd way like it's almost like you know when people do like sort of dark or like weird things like that the kind of aesthetic like it speaks to that kind of like weird chaotic uniqueness or something like that it's a one way of translating it like this basic kind of wiry subtle esoteric strangeness or something like that you know um but i think it's probably just different for everybody like how it comes out but it definitely feels like the same vibe to me that like maybe people are searching for that end up getting caught in these kind of like kind of culty environments and, and things like that you know what i mean yeah 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 um it's like all, like like i feel like as a, not to get all high-minded and, and you know <laughs> get high-minded 
but I feel like it's what I try to write songs about is that kind of weird, whatever that is kind of feeling, you know, like, like, and it's always chasing the same thing. And then you have a song and like, you can have a song where like, it relates to both growing up in this kind of very odd cult feeling, but I'm also like just other, like there's so many things that go together that are not linearly related yeah. from right. that energy, whatever that is. And I think it's the sort of thing I'm always chasing. Yeah. Do you think Does you that could be, what? Make any sense at all? Yeah, no, sound? for sure. But I'm just curious, do you think that that was already in you? Like, or do you think that that is something like, you know, like, um, I feel like it was raised in me from all that stuff, probably. I mean, okay. everybody, but I think like so you're just drawn to it and you process everything different, right? Like, it's just like, it's there. It's like a basic, like, whatever the, the edge of human experience and whatever million forms that takes. You know? Yeah. Do but you, then, yeah. oh, sorry, did your, did that, um, I don't know, is it, call it a cult? That's just straight, that's okay. I would, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. Did they, they <laughs> was there um se a set belief what happens after you die is it about reincarnation or it's basically like you know hindu theology you know it's just like just like most kind of yoga cults it's like so yeah there would be reincarnation but there's also sort of like the sense of like you know like a kind of gnostic framed everything where it's like you know god is within you or you know, you are God, you know, everyone's God, everything's God. So like, I mean, reincarnation is relatively important because I think it like, they can do a kind of parable of like, oh, this takes forever, <laughs> right? right? Like that's the whole point of reincarnation is to be like, this is gonna take a really long time. It's gonna- Oh my God, I never thought of it that yeah. way. That is crazy. <laughs> like, if you take reincarnation out of it, you can be like, yeah, you know what? This isn't that big of a fucking deal. Like I'm enlightened. Who cares? Like, like that, <laughs> you know, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like it's just like because enlightenment is just like little space. You know, it's like an experience. Yeah. You can say, oh well, you can only do this over ten thousand lifetimes. Then they can make it take ten thousand lifetimes versus like ten seconds, right? You know. And Jesus, I never thought about that before. I, to be honest, I always figured like that everyone wanted to like in achieve enlightenment uh and yeah. that it was possible every time it's just if you wanted it or not 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 like you just get it if you want it but like if you really wanted it you could devote your life to it but the idea that just thinking about this is just one one like of ten thousand steps to getting there was really a that's like to make it feel like like big in scale right you know and then but like if you just take actually take it out of it and you're like it's not that big of a deal then it's like who cares do you know you... It like, like who cares if you're like like really what does it get you like like does it make anything better right totally but so do you think that we only have this life do i i don't know i mean honestly the one thing i feel like that all it kind of the way I was raised got me was to never know anything and to be like, I have no clue and no one has any clue. And anyone who says they have a clue is trying to pull one over on you. Whoa. You know, that's the thing that I think is, is fun growing up with. Cause I don't, then you can't get attached to 
knowing because you just know you don't know or something. I don't know. So I don't know. I have no idea. But I don't. I don't think it's like from this like very negative frame of like this is our only life and you know I think there's great things about like growing up in kind of the Eastern meditation world because you do recognize like the interconnectedness of things. So like say this is our only life and you die, then all the like matter that was you, you know, dissolves into, you know, is, is reused and you become a, you know, whatever, like a million different <laughs> things. There's something nice about that, you know, like yeah. you know, consciousness maybe stays, you know. I mean, I grew up in enough weird things like, like I went to an exorcism. I was taking an exorcism when I was little. Ooh, <laughs> that you know? sounds so scary. Yeah, I don't remember it very well, but there's a lot of things like that, right? Like there was a lot of like, so they tried a lot of different things out. Yeah. And we, well, there was a lot of experiences like, because we had the meditation center in our basement, like people would go downstairs and like the paintings and the photos would like wink at them and talk to them. And there'd be like kind of a lot of like apparitional stuff that yeah. occurred, you know, which it bums me out now because I feel like I'm very closed off to it. Like, and I think maybe that's the, my sort of protection from it, but like, you know, there was, there was always things like that growing up where it was like, oh, and then this person came over and the, you know, photo of Nichinanda talked to her and now she's a devotee and she's crying in the basement and she can't, you know, and you're like, all right, cool. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that takes up, like, yeah, yeah. That, it takes yeah. up a huge amount of yeah. energy and like um, consideration that probably maybe like you would want as a person growing up. Definitely. There was a lot of that, but I think, yeah, I don't know. It just, I feel like I'm very interested in that. I would love like to have some sort of, you know, supernatural experience again, you know, like I'd be like, Oh, that's great. But I also don't think I would affix any belief to actually, you know what? I think we talked about this, but like I went, cause you're so into UFOs and everything. Yeah. That, um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> This is like the most like LA, like this is like a L, like hi, I'm an LA stereotype story. <laughs> Yay. Um, I went to the Desert Days Festival. Uh, <laughs> Starcaller was playing there, it was a band I managed. And then we went to um what's it called? The sound bath thing out in the desert. Yeah, um, I saw I, I was there too. Not at the sound bath, but I saw that show. I, that's where I met when I met Arrow. I yeah, think. okay. Well, like so what's what's do you know what the sound bath thing's called? You know, like the, those the, big like UFO hut, you know? Something Tron, the- Yeah, Integratron. Integratron. Right. So like you go, <laughs> and, like they have like the guy who built the Integratron was like trying to commune with alien intelligence. So he built cool. these- I went in and I probably snored through the whole thing and I was probably busy <laughs> about going there and then like went and got drunk at a restaurant right after, you know? But <laughs> a nice time. You like with me there, you know? Um, and then we went and stayed that night we went back you know saw the band i think we saw like iggy pop play and stuff and then we went back to 29 palms or like motel and that night i had like definitely had like a full-on like alien experience like wow because i think you know i'm pretty i know what it's like to have rando thoughts and hallucinations and things like that and this wasn't that it definitely was coming like from an exterior thing happened. Yeah. Right? Like I woke up in the middle of the night, I had to go to the bathroom, I was like, all right, go pee. And then I started having these like, like nine inch nails video, like 
conscience. Like we were like, you know, like, like black and white. Like, we, and I was like, I am definitely not doing that. And I was totally <laughs> aware of it. And I was like, I'm definitely not doing this. Like somebody else is doing that. Like, like, you know, which I think is what you're supposed to do when you're in the Joshua tree. Yeah. Have some dumb experience like that and then go home and like, but I mean, so what? <laughs> <laughs> like the end result was I thought it was really funny I was like oh look at that there's these aliens and like maybe that's what it is or maybe it's you know whatever it is but like it was cool though I was glad to have it I was I, it was it was fun you know? so it was like visuals and you could it like feel visuals. it it was pretty like you know it definitely I don't know you know you, you can you can kind of know when you're like susceptible to imagining something yeah things outside you and i don't necessarily have that sort of thing happen and yeah <laughs> i can say to prove that it was real it's like i really don't care yeah <laughs> but, but you just know like, the- I'm like starting a ufo cult now i'm just like well that's cool you know but, <laughs> you know but i definitely had it and it was fascinating and i was like well that's weird and because i definitely get that feeling when you're in that area you're like this is weird yeah, yeah. like yeah yeah totally i yeah. i know what you mean i'm not like as much as it seems like I might, I'm not like trying to find UFOs everywhere. Like, but when I have seen something, it's just like, you know, like, it's not, you're not, it's just like, oh my God. And it feels different and it's weird. And like, and you're, you're such a, uh, you're so sure, you know, it's like, oh, this is not me. Like, I'm not, I couldn't make this up if I wanted to. Um, But it's a separate experience. Yeah. And it was really fun. I like that. I would love to do more stuff like that where I'm like, this is good. like let's okay let's go you know then it just feels weird and it's great and it's like a good time you know and i don't yeah. get out of it and what it says about anything but i'm like oh that's interesting have you ever thought about or and you could so don't answer if you're a father and a businessman but yeah. have you ever thought about like different kinds of like plant medicine stuff i have i mean but you know when i did that sort of thing when i was a little young when i was younger it was just sort of like i was more like a train wreck guy okay <laughs> doing that now like and it seems like a like a you know i've read a lot of that, like those books from those the different people and like it's interesting but yeah I don't think it's necessary and i don't it, it doesn't it doesn't have a calling to me yeah it should that's it's if it's not then don't do it i think it's just like it has like this like you know like there's like that daniel pinchbeck guy you know that dude um uh-huh. the 2012 it's a pretty cool book you know hmm. and it's like it makes you kind of like oh i really want like i want to find out more about you know it, it, he's yeah just, but he's also like you can tell he's like trying to just like pick up girls or something like that <laughs> you know, like there's always that element and that, so like you know kind of like there's always that like skeezy element to all this stuff. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I guess if you, you don't seem like you, like the idea, I think for most people is a, a urge or an urgency or something that's like, I want to know what is going on. So I need to find out by taking these things or whatever, like joining a cult or whatever. But I think you had the experience of being like, of getting to grow up with the idea that yeah anything's possible so what instead of like what's possible like yeah, you know yeah, that's true and that's probably the greatest thing that you get out of it it's like okay there's all this weird stuff that's possible and now but i do feel like i'd like to feel like that again more like i definitely feel a little bit like stuck in a little you know 
container a little bit more than I should as a human, you know, like I'm like, well, maybe that's also, I mean, yeah. right now is pretty crazy. Like I think yeah, it's, it is. It's just, it's the way I think everybody sort of feels a little. Yeah. Bit. I feel like maybe now the reaching the stretches yeah. of your imagination might not be the best thing, but yeah. You know. But yeah, do you, but, like, but I, you know, I totally believe in whatever. I just don't care. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, totally. That's cool. Yeah. I yeah. think I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't even know if I care, but I think it's like just having grown up in a like, there's nothing going on out there. Like, yeah. not, not only that, but like that guy, Jesus, he wasn't, he wasn't the guy. Like, there yeah. hasn't ever been a Messiah yet, just so you know. So, like, yeah. basically, there was God, and then that was it. And like, we don't know if anything else will ever happen. So, it's like, everything yeah. is a possibility so i'm like oh yeah, yeah i don't know that it's like i care i just think it's fun i'm like oh my god like they didn't yeah. like yeah. they didn't even you know and also talking to young kids now they're like some of them don't know that like some people actually think aliens are real like they think that it's just a, a hollywood made-up movie thing yeah. so it's like the possibilities of reality and um are just so many so i think it's exciting but i don't know no i do too i mean i you're right I, like look one of the more important <laughs> things that i you ever read that robert anton wilson guy you're so much you are very well read no i well, you what guys, is it? You're, gonna, you're gonna love it but I, okay he wrote a lot of bullshit like so he was like the editor of playboy in the 70s oh cool he so some of his stuff's like kind of like too like gone i can't get into like gonzo like hunter thompson yeah that sort of aesthetic you know but so like he created the whole like illuminati idea kind of he like like i mean someone else created it or whatever the people who started the illuminati <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he like made it a big deal like the, you know like it was like of a joke like kind of a 70s like oh like, yeah you're secretly controlling the world What's his name? And Robert Anton Wilson. It's really worth reading. Oh, okay. So, so he did this Illuminati trilogy, and it was like a joke. It was like a, um, you know, satire kind of. Yeah. And, but then he started thinking the actual Illuminati were coming after him, and he was obviously taking a lot of drugs and had like a very 1970s Playboy editor lifestyle. So it was like cool. Or whatever he's into. Then <laughs> he wrote these books called The Cosmic Trigger that are really great because it's about him thinking the Illuminati were true and then realizing they're not true. Then realizing like, maybe they're aliens and maybe they're kidnapping me. And like, you know, like all this like crazy, like sort of psychotic stuff starts happening to him, like conspiracies, right? Like all this stuff that's like very present now, like all, you know, and cool. he goes through these different iterations of it, but comes out in a very like, detached in a very compassionate way where he's like yeah i don't really know what happened but it was really fun while it lasted you know that's so cool <laughs> and he sort of i mean he ends up thinking it's like future versions of his self talking to himself i think that's a kind of common you know ufo experience but yeah. but i think but it's really like the, his right he's a really really brilliant guy so cosmic trigger part two is the one that wow. i thought Thank you for saying this because we're going in, sorry, we're going in the studio in a couple of weeks and that's what the record is about. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I don't know if I should, I mean, this sounds so crazy, but the idea of like, um, I want to make it so that the future incarnations of us will be able to like 
like I went to this psychic and she said like, oh, you were a jazz singer in your life or in one of your past lives. And I was like, oh my God, that's why I went to jazz school now. But then uh-huh. I was like, oh my God, what if I could listen to myself? Like, so now I want to make this record so that like somehow I'm going to leave like little secret things on it so that I'll be able to find it later on. Um, but also I want to try and channel messages from future me that like what I need to hear later, you know? Yeah. Um, all right. I like thank you. You got to look at all the Tibetan, like, uh, you know, like when the, when like the Lama dies, right. They're looking for the replacement, like his reincarnation after he dies. And so they have different items. Like say when the Dalai Lama dies this time, right. Aww. And they, they, the next Dalai Lama will be able to recognize those items. Like, yeah. Say, you know, this is your, Oh, pack. that's cool. And so that's how they've, over the course of history, always found the different llamas as they recognize and they have these different, like, you know, that's mine. Yeah. You know, holy shit, that's so that, cool. That, you know, is how how that goes goes down. What's really cool, what I find interesting, is that since China took over Tibet, then they also have like a Chinese government sanctioned version. They're like, no, it's this guy. And they're like, no, 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 it's this guy. And there's like a political fight over who the nation is, even though, you know, China ostensibly doesn't practice reincarnation that's a cover right but they're oh. like no this is the this is the proven sanctioned llama and they're like no that's not the real one but the real one's this kid over here you know and it's like that's crazy thank you because that's worth looking up because that is how that stuff sort of you know yeah that's what i want to do that but like yeah like past life recall stuff but i guess if you my parents used to do that in the basement that Whoa. was so they were like every like saturday like once a month there was past life regression day and you'd hear people like because like, oh, they have like sort of like this primal scream thing that occurs to get to past life regression well that seems yeah. really like not yeah. um uh right. delicate way to grow up <laughs> it was know? interesting that was fascinating i mean it's just it's interesting you know <laughs> yeah and what do you think if you had like if you could have left something for yourself in your last life that you would like automatically know now like what do you think it would be because i have no idea that's that's sort of like the big hole right like that's where you're like i don't even know what i am you know yeah i don't know i I feel like i'm very attached to my life now like i care about my kids and my family you know my wife and my kids and my dog that's cool about it really you know like and like I mean, I care about a lot of things, but I think like of things that I have genuine feeling for. But know? like a symbol or like an object or a, a taste or something like where you'd be like, oh, I know this like cinnamon is so me. I must yeah. have always loved it. I mean, I don't know. That's interesting. I have no idea. Like, <laughs> you, you shouldn't have to know. I, I, I'm glad you didn't ask me that. I wouldn't. No, I'd be like, yeah. Actually, like you're like, I don't know what the heart of the thing is that you know. I feel like you kind of chase that with like music or somehow. Like there's like a weird like create like you know like like when the first time I heard like the call to prayer in like Istanbul, like and it's coming out with huge mosques and it's like dah, 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 and it's just like the most blown out like awesome sound of the whole world. Yeah, I feel like that sound was like I feel that like deep in my bones kind of like that's the sound that's so cool you know and like, i think that's why like everything i did do like sounds like a tin can because <laughs> like i just like that sound like everything yeah like a massive distortion pedal like that's like that sound like it's just like 
like searching for a way to get like the weird echo like distortion that's coming from the minarets you know that's so cool congratulations <laughs> that's so cool right. um yeah. well oh and one quick question do you meditate now no i don't i mean i've tried it on and off i feel but like i feel like the make the process of making music and records is the same thing that's yeah to me it's a much more honest about who i am sometimes it's not like sometimes you're just zoning out on like mixes and you're like oh man like i'm just wasting my time but when you hit the thing where you're like really doing something that's the same thing to me yeah like where like that genuine creativity like genuine like interacting with like some ethereal you know ghost version of a song on the other side that you're like i know what the song is you know yeah yeah then that's the same thing as meditation to me yeah well that i think that's channeling i think that's like yeah yeah it's the same thing right yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what i mean like you know it's just like hey there's you know kind of the whatever the angelic plane or something like that and you're yeah like you know and that's what i remember most about meditating when i was a kid I just don't have the the gumption to like have a practice of like yeah. keeping myself together, you know? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I was just curious. I can, I can do it via like being really into writing songs all the time or being really into playing, you know, like that sort of thing. Then I can get into it. So cool. Yeah. I was just wondering, you know, those people that are like, I don't, I, I split from my parents' religion, but I still like go to church I, every Sunday. I, I totally still see the value of it. Right. I totally, yeah. I totally think like, as far as I can tell with all the different philosophies of this and that, like one where you're like, all right, you can find some sort of peace with yourself and some like awareness of the world and like experience like the interconnect connectedness of the world with yourself and don't yeah. put any beliefs on it. Like I can't imagine anything more that's made more sense. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. very well said. Well, thank you so much for coming back here. Is there anything, uh, any announcements you'd like to make? Any uh, thing you'd like to leave the listeners with? <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna. I don't know. I'll put a record out. It's not really a. I don't, I don't have an announcement. Yet. No. no, I. It's an embarrassing question. I just feel like. Yeah. No, I don't think I have any announcements. I wish. Okay. I could. <laughs> no that's okay you yeah. like dogs that's good for me well like, yeah. yeah thank you so much for coming here and i hope i get to see you soon absolutely all, all right, right. okay bye, bye. Right, thanks